Good evening. This is Joe McAvoy, and I am the host of Nothing Comes Easy for Me. Tonight, my guest is the fabulous, wonderful, outstanding friend that I do have, and his name is Alex Hanna. Hello, Joe. It's nice to be on your program with you. Thank you, Alex. And how are you doing? Uh, You know, it's a beautiful uh, night in uh, sunny Southern California, and it's good to be on this uh, podcast with you tonight. And and I'd like to uh, say that I don't think uh, nothing comes easy for you, Joe. I think being funny comes very naturally to you. You're a very funny, funny man. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that, Alex. And you're about the 500th person to tell me that, but that's okay. <laughs> that's good. That's a, a, a large amount of people telling you that you should uh, keep being funny, you know? I try. Well, maybe I don't. You know, I just be myself and that's funny. Uh, what I was wondering was what, what doesn't come easy for you? What doesn't, what, what does come easy for me, Joe? Uh, I mean, you know, I've been hard at work on this, uh, dumb comedy career for a long time. Eight years, if you could say it. Was it, I, uh, I was it just started, uh, being able to support myself with it. So, uh, you know, none, I don't think anything comes easy for anybody in this modern post-capitalistic structure that we have. Was it eight years ago that I met you at Eccles Under Sunset? No, I, uh, I started in a, in a rainy Seattle, Washington, doing comedy uh, very poorly. Um, you were in college name, at the time, right? Yeah, under the name Sonny Liston. And then I switched to Alexana about five years ago. So which um, is, that's not actually true. Which is your um, real name? No, Alex Alexander Hanna is my real name. Oh, okay. Uh, by, from as as far as the government needs to know, <laughs> but uh, no, I think you met me at Echoes Under Sunset in about 2014, if I'm not mistaken. That, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, uh, a place that was good uh, on the east side of Los Angeles in Echo Park. Yes. And uh, closed down because it was uh, run by a nefarious actor who uh, oh, didn't uh, pay his rent and uh, had a hard time, you know, surviving because he wouldn't pay anybody. But uh, and that was Jeff Carasalis. You know Jeff Carasalis. Oh, of course I do. Uh huh. Yeah, he didn't like the place. He referred to it all the time as egos under butt sex, which is uh, a great, you know, moniker for a place that a lot of people like. And also was full of itself. I I was at Echoes every Monday night for probably five years. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, that's probably where we met at like that Jay Weingarten open yes, mic. Yes, yes, that Ryan Schumacher later took over and ran rather well. Yeah, that's that's the part. That's uh, the moment where I lost my mind in Los Angeles comedy because he would play Opa Gundam style <laughs> for about five hours at full blast volume. Uh, while people were signing up and uh, it truly made me want to crawl out of my skin and find another uh, path in life, you know, but, but uh, he's still a good friend. I love Ryan. I, I, we have a mutual friendship with him. He is wonderful. I, I did a number of book shows at Echoes uh, and I really liked the place and I, I still miss it today. Uh, oh yeah. But what, I remember when we first met, you you were kind of shy and bashful. 
I well, Joe, you know me to still be shy and bashful. I'm just a little bit more out of my own head. Well, what I mean is, th- didn't you bring a book and read it in that first room? <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> I still, I, you know, I, I work at the comedy store. I know you do. How uh, long have you been at the store? So I've been there since uh, uh, New Year's of 2020 was uh, my first day. And the, I, I brought a book there too. And one of the managers thought it was funny and the other manager did not think it was funny. But, uh, it, you know, there's so many weird personalities being thrown at you in comedy. Oh, yeah. That it's nice to have something to reference that isn't your phone. Uh, well, that's true. At a place that you have to be. Now, you, you got into the store and then it wasn't too long before they closed down. That's right. Three months. They closed down on uh, March 12th was their last show that they had there, 2020. I was there in January and got up for the open mic. And then I th- yeah, potluck. Yeah, potluck. And then I think I did it again in February. And I was up there about around the 10th of March and didn't get put, wh- whatever that Monday was. And uh, so when did the store reopen? I I believe it was March fifth or sixth of this year, twenty twenty one. This year, that's right. So they were once uh, once California started to open up, they were opening up their doors too. So they were closed for a year. And yeah, was that hard on you? Um. Yeah, for the first little bit. Joe, how long did you think the pandemic was going to last in the beginning? Back in March of 2020? Oh, I gave it like 90 days. Yeah, I thought it was going to be an in and out three month thing. It turns out it took a year of our lives. I aged a whole year under this God given sun. And uh, it's. Uh, it, it, I think it it started to wear on me. And then I became okay with uh, nothing ever coming back and me just being a hermit. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm glad that comedy is back in, in, in some potency. I, I am as well. And I will share this with you because I live in West Hollywood and I would walk up to the store like a year ago. And it was all boarded up and I took pictures and stuff like that. And when there was no traffic mm-hmm. in April and, and I just, I was depressed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't suffer from depression, but it was just very depressing and very, it was, and, and you didn't, people like you, you didn't get to see and you didn't know That's what County. was going on. So it was hard for you it, being unemployed, I take it, or for, what'd they do, furlough you guys? Yeah, they furloughed us. They were very generous, actually. They paid us, uh, uh, I think, half of our paycheck for the first uh, four months and, uh, and were very kind to us. But uh, uh, yeah, I think it weighed heavy on me, you know, not being able to see the community, even though comedy drives me crazy almost every day, you know, with the different personalities being flung at you and uh, the expectation of uh, uh, it to do something and uh, 
make people laugh. I think it is very calming in the fact that you do have a point of contact with uh, a lot of very funny people, right. you know, day to day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what you miss. or I We all missed it. I mean, it's just uh, – so you're have have you found have you found a, a revitalization with comedy being back now? Because to me, it seems like even though there's a store and I have the the people who I know and love there, the broader ecosystem of comedy right now is a little uh, uh, harsh because there just isn't as many uh, venues open. No, there's not. There's there's very few. And what I've done is to write some new material. Uh, just very recently and uh, kind of instead of being the self-degradation guy moved to a different area which you'll see at the comedy store hopefully one of these days and yeah there's venues are opening but they are limited just what are the hours of the comedy store now um i think we're open tuesday through saturday uh the first show is at eight and then uh it goes until that show is uh, the second show is done. So uh, I think it's like eight to one, maybe. Are they doing any open mics? They aren't. Potluck is all shut down, which is the first time in the club's history that that has happened. Are, um, have you heard anything about potluck reopening? Or I, I've heard different uh, chit chat about that, and of course, I can't speak on. Uh, behalf of the comedy no, store. No, you. I, you. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, have a harsh punishment rain down from Mitzi Shore's ghost, no. stabbing me through the heart. You know, uh, but uh, I. I hear mid July, and then I also hear beginning of August. So, but I don't think they have concrete plans. So eventually, they're going to bring it back. They're just not really sure when. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's definitely coming back. And, and it's you know I got to tell you something. When I started in comedy, January of '08, the first place I got up was the store. And at that time, they did on Sunday nights at seven and Mondays. Yeah, that's right. And I went up there for two months, and finally they pulled my name, and I actually talked to the wall over everybody's head. <laughs> I still do that sometimes. Well, I, no, well, I'm not going to give you a lecture on how to be a comic because you're a good one and you don't need it. But what I'm saying is, yeah, I was scared. Where are you? Do you have stage fright when you? Is it hard for you to get up on stage in front of an audience? Um, it's hard for me to be out of my own head. Uh, more than stage fright, you know. I think it's just. Uh, uh, difficult for me to uh, uh, share an internal turbulence with anybody. And that's kind of how you have to operate in comedy, unless you're just entirely like a persona or, um, you know, doing in, in, in my mind, I see a lot of uh, people who are doing quote, quote unquote comedy instead of like actually being a comedian. Right. And uh, I think in order to be a comedian, you have to put a little bit of yourself in the material. And not to be too much up my own ass, but uh, that's pretty difficult if you're uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, telling somebody a truth that you don't know how they're going to take it. Uh, that's pretty frightening. Is um, is the writing part hard for you? 
Um, I don't know. What's your process, Joe? Do you just like uh, write down a whole bunch of stuff? Because sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's the most difficult thing on the planet. It It is the hardest thing for me to do to sit down and actually write. Once I can get uh-huh. started, I Saturday I had the day off. I spent half the day, I'm going to write, I'm going to write. And finally, in two hours, I wrote out six or seven pages of, of work. But for some reason, it's just hard for me to get motivated. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of self-hatred when I write. Uh, like, uh, you know, not being able to come up with ideas that are uh, that have any uh, impact on anybody's life uh, or even my own. And then uh, just degenerating into, you know, self-hatred from that. But uh, I try to keep it when when things are going good, they're going good. And, you know, I'm trying to have fun. Right. Uh, and when things are going bad, you know, it's pretty, pretty miserable looking at yourself in the mirror. like Yeah, that. it's about the um, longest five minutes of your life when you're really bombing. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Been there and done right. that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I try to write every day. Sometimes uh, the days are good and they, it generates actual material. But uh, more than like writing to write for like a joke on the page, uh, usually it's just write, writing so I have something to think about in the car ride from places because that's usually where i come up with uh jokes that actually make me laugh okay uh it's when i'm like playing around with an idea that i had that stuck with me in my gut before right do you ever take the stage cold like an improvisation yeah like you just there's no material you're just gonna walk up there and pick up the mic and fly oh i i have done that in the past but uh, I try not to do that when uh, people pay for a show. Right. If people are paying to be there, you know, I think you have an obligation to uh, have them uh, laugh their damn ass off. But uh, if if there's no obligation to do that, uh, I have some liberties that you know I take uh, with the crowd, and I'll just kind of riff up top. I assume, Joe, just from hearing you for the past six years that you don't write on stage. You just, uh, you have a methodical way of approaching stand-up comedy. I can just go up and do it. It, 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 you know, like I may think of two or three different subjects or somebody I'll hear say something and just, just take my chances with it and go for it. And with that, really, yeah, with that, we'll be back in just a moment. Yeah, Alex, I I find it to be more challenging than memorization. Uh Where if I write out, say, a a good joke that's funny, then I got to hit every word correctly and memorize it and worry about that. If, If there's just three different topics I can think of, I can just talk about three different things. That's strange because I've heard you like uh, in my interaction with your comedy. Yeah, I've heard you do bits that are that are similar. So it's like not entirely like improvisation. It's like improvisation, and then you are kind of in the moment with stuff that you want to talk about. But you know, you have you have topics that you're bringing to the table. Right. Some people just go 
and, and these are bad comedians, you know, uh, some people just go, I'm going to riff and I'm not going to think about doing anything before that. And, uh, and really bomb their ass off. And that can be tough. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not really what I'm, what I'm getting at. I'm getting more at, uh, I would have it like three topics that I'd want to talk about, but instead of writing out three jokes, I just get up and talk about the three topics. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And, I, I've, I, I've experienced that or I've, I've done that type of stand up before. It, it just, uh, I'm too neurotic, you know, I, I need like harsh punchlines that, uh, work kind of every time. And I know that they're going to work. Right. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get into stories that are a little bit like, uh, uh deeper in meaning and then, uh, you know, have some punchlines that are, uh, higher and lower than, the, the just direct jokes. Is there anything else that's hard for you? Like was school or were you the A student? Um, no, I was a solid B plus student. Uh, and uh, I just didn't like, I didn't like school. You didn't um, like school? No, I really, uh, I didn't like waking up early. That was obnoxious. Uh, I connected with like two teachers in my academic career, um, it, it seemed like people uh, were chosen over me all the time. And also, I have this thing called Crohn's disease. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, it's this autoimmune disease that affects the colon and small intestine for the listeners out there. I did not know it. I didn't know you had it, and I didn't know what it was. Yes, they have commercials for it all the time that I see for this medication and stuff. But... Uh, they're like, you can solve all your problems with this medication. And that's kind of true. But, uh, you know, I, I don't like the way that they go about it. And uh, so I was always fatigued because I wasn't on uh, any medication. And uh, puberty is not fun for people who have autoimmune diseases, especially. So uh, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I'm full of surprises, Joe. Uh, and I do need to come on your podcast in order to reveal any of them. I won't just reveal them. I went to I went to my friend's birthday, and uh, he was uh, t- asking me if I wanted some of uh, his uh, his meal, and uh, and I was like, no, I I already ate. And he was like, is it because of the Crohn's? And I was like, who are you talking to me about the one weakness that I have in my life? I mean, one of many, but the one weakness that I have in my life, you know uh right off the bat at least ease your way into it right and asking about being too direct with you was this something you were born with no well it is genetic oh but i was diagnosed at three years old a baby with this condition and uh my parents handled it uh, appropriately good but uh, there's still some negative side effects that i think uh you know anybody with the a medical condition uh, knows. Well, one having to deal with a- any sort of healthcare is a, is a pain in the ass, but also just being uh, uh, having symptoms and uh, needing to uh, have those symptoms resolve in order for you to function properly. Right, right. Well, are you getting along okay? Oh, I'm doing beautiful right now, Joe. Is this something that you have for life or does it 
go away or um it's in remission um i go to a clinic where i get an iv every two months and uh get a, a little medication and uh that helps me out and uh so i don't have any symptoms but it's something that i do carry around with me okay and i'm cognizant of when you know i uh drink too much or uh smoke too much or uh get into all of these uh various nefarious activities that uh, nightlife affords you uh so i try to stay cognizant of uh okay you know, are we talking about smoking cigarettes yeah smoking cigarettes <laughs> okay uh so you were on another podcast for a while was that's right tell me about that was it hard for you to do the podcast uh is it hard for you to do this podcast, Joe? Not really. Yeah, no, it's not really that hard. Did you have fun with it? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I did a podcast with these two uh, comedians, Ryan Shoemaker and Kevin Macias, who are both uh, very funny guys. That they who, are. Uh, might still be doing comedy and might, uh, you know, be t- attending to obligations outside of comedy because comedy is pretty harsh. But, uh, no, I I always had a fun time with those guys. We just talked about the Lakers and capped uh, about uh, gossip within the organization, and then like a a very methodical breakdown of how the team played and what kind of sets they ran uh, within the game of basketball. So you know, it was all it was all a good time, right? Uh, was I, I love talking sports with my boys? You know that, Joe. No, I didn't. I didn't know you were. Uh, you would have to know a lot about the Lakers to be able to to do that. Yeah, well, uh, you live in L.A. I think you should know a little bit about uh, the Lakers' history, or if not the Lakers and the Clippers, or if not the Clippers and the Kings, or if not the Kings and these newly minted football teams that exist around here. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of joy in Los Angeles sports. I know you don't like the Rams because uh, I've St. Louis. I've never said I didn't like the Rams. Okay. Wow. Okay. I can hear it in the tone of your voice. I, though. Jim. I am a Kansas city chiefs fan. I am from okay. Missouri. I have been a Kansas city chiefs fan for my entire life, but I've never said wow. I oh. don't like the Rams. If you want to know the truth, I really don't think they should have left Los Angeles and gone to St. Louis but I'm glad they came back to Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a little Joe tidbit that I didn't know yeah. about. How, are you, were you excited about this uh, Kansas City Super Bowl? And then uh, were you angry at Tom Brady for taking your Super Bowl away from you? Um, well, I was excited about the Super Bowl, yes. I watched it on TV, and I realized in the fourth quarter, first quarter this game's over, and there's mm-hmm. and there's next year. Which is this year. That's right. And I didn't really let it bother me. Uh, the big surprise came, the first of all, that they were able to go to the Super Bowl the previous year and win. And that, that was great. But, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And, yeah, I, I am a Chiefs fan. I will also say that this year I went to a Dodgers game with your friend Ryan Schumacher and four other guys. That's right. Yeah, and they played the St. Louis Cardinals. Wow. How was the game? Uh, well, the first inning, the the Dodgers won that game 11-3, to f- three, and it was a 
grand slam in the first inning. They scored about nine points. So it was good. And it was enjoyable. Were the guys rousing you because uh, your team was uh, getting blown out? Or uh, were they, uh, they were very they were pretty... nice and polite about it. And I'll tell you what I told them at the end, because you know all these people. I'm not going to mention everybody's name. Oh, yeah. And I said, you know, if it had been the other way around, you'd all be disappointed and unhappy in this way. You guys are happy. <laughs> That's what I love about you. You're all love, Joe. I try. Is, is it hard for you to give out love? Is it hard for me to give out love? Yeah. It's a good question, Joe. Are you a yogi in your spare time? Because that sounds like a very existential question. A what? Like a, yo- like a yogi, like you teach uh, yoga. Oh, and, no. Uh, no. Self-affirmation through yoga. No, but I've, I've had like 10 years of acting classes out here since I've lived in L.A. <laughs> well, that, that'll certainly give you a little bit of perspective. Improv. Uh, we don't want to go down that list. But, yeah, I've had a lot of those kind of classes. But yoga, no. Um, it's uh, easy, easy for me to show love, Joe. Uh, I hope. You know, I hope that's a, the, I hope that's the vibe I give off. Sometimes I think it's harder for me than other people, but uh, we're all just trying to what live is in it, this kooky. What society. is hard for you to show? Um, deep affection that I want to stay in somebody's life forever. Does that answer the question, Joe? I think that's and a pretty good answer. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good answer. And it's not Joe before the podcast for the listeners. He asked me if I had gone through a divorce recently. <laughs> and uh, in in case there was a question that I didn't want to ca- uh, qualify or answer. And uh, no, I have not been through a divorce. But I also can't say that a relationship has been very fulfilling in the last uh, six months. So, uh, you know, we're all just struggling to find the connection. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this whole corolla business has turned the world upside down did you say corolla did you say toyota corolla business no i meant corolla not (laughs) (laughs) if i said it i didn't mean to say it (laughs) uh you know what i mean this oh yeah virus it's a novel coronavirus yeah it's turned the whole uh everything upside down i mean you just kind of wonder what's going to happen next Oh, sure. I lived like a monk for about a year and four months. And uh, and then things started opening up and I started talking to people who are just like out having relationships for the last year. And I was like, you killed like four people. They probably didn't kill anybody. But uh, in my mind, that was what was keeping me away from, you know, uh, dating and uh, being just a healthy member of society. Well, but what do you got to do? I don't know what I was. Uh, I lost my train of thought here. Oh, uh, what I was trying to say is, do you think we're now behind this virus and that everything's going to get better? I certainly have been behaving like we are. Uh, I know that there's news of this Delta variant that's killing like, uh, unvaccinated people, but I'm vaccinated. So like, uh, Whippy, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go out on the town. I'm vaccinated. Um, you're vaccinated. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. 
Yeah, I'm... I would actually like to remind the listeners to get vaccinated, please, for the love of God. I know that I don't control your body, but uh, it's nice being vaccinated. It's... You get to go out and not be sick. Right. Do yourself a favor and get vaccinated. You know. Yeah, if there was some like weird thing, like you grew a tail, actually, that'd be pretty badass. If you like got uh, a bad infection from the virus or from the uh, vaccine, I think it would have come out by now. I mean, we're like three months in to everybody getting vaccinated. Right. And, and well, here in California, there's a very high rate of people who have been vaccinated. Yeah, but not as much as like Vermont or some of those crazy like East Coast states. Right. Well, and they got hit real hard last year in March and through the spring. That's right. So That's right. they've uh, done a pretty good job of getting vaccinated. Um, is there anything else in your life that you'd say would be hard? You're a big sports fan. Um, Did you play sports in school? Oh, yeah. I played basketball. But I was like five feet until I was a senior in high school. So uh, that was pretty difficult, I would say. Okay. Um, that being said, now – you catch me on the east side of L.A., Glendale, Glassell Park, Atwater Village. I'll fucking dunk. I'll, I'll dunk anywhere. All right. Catch me anywhere. I'll dunk on you. Okay. Um, I think, Alex, we've had a really good talk. Me too. And I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. And I hey, thank you, Joe. really appreciate your time and how you've opened up and Told me things about yourself I didn't know. Uh, well, with you, Joe, a conversation is easy. You know that. Okay. Or if you don't know, you should know. And with that, I'll say good night and thank you for listening.